Welcome to Rainer's Radio, practical training for joint heirs with Christ, with your host, Diane Thomas. Good evening, and welcome to Rainer's Radio. This is Diane Thomas, your host. As usual, let's just relax. Anything else that's going on, just put it aside, let it go not going anywhere. Just make yourself available to God. Remind yourself He's right there. He's right with you. You don't need to try to get His attention. You don't need to fill Him in on what's going on with you, what your needs are. He's fully aware of all your circumstances. In fact, He's created those circumstances. He's crafted whatever circumstances you find yourself in. He's crafted them for you. You're one with him in spirit if you've been born again. He gifted you with a special soul just for you and a body just for you to exist here on this earth. Now he had a purpose and a plan for that for your time here on this earth. And it's not about being productive or, you know, uh, reaching a certain level or maturity. In fact, I think that his goal for each one of us is going to be slightly different because our soul, your soul is different than mine. The end result, though, is the same. Your soul being joined to your spirit. My soul being joined to my spirit, rejoined. So that we would become complete and entire spirit, soul, and body. How we get there is going to be unique for each one of us. We each have our own path. Most of the time, God gets our attention. God gets us to work on the things that are best for us through difficult circumstances, difficult situations. I think that is typified by the example of Adam and Eve. We mentioned last time that we really have no idea how long Adam and Eve were in the garden hanging out with God. Could have been a couple weeks, 500 years, 1,000, 5,000. We have no idea. But they didn't change. During their time with God, They knew each other. They knew God. There was no misunderstanding, miscommunication. There was no lack. There was no striving. There was no work. There was activity. And there was you know, walking in the cool of the of the day. They 
they communed, but there was nobody ever broke a sweat. There was never any anything beyond what they were capable of doing. God never asked of them to do to go beyond where they were. And just as Jesus was slain before the foundation of the world, this too was part of his plan, of God's plan, that they would cause something to happen within them, Adam and Eve now, that their spirits would be separated from their soul. This was God's plan. God didn't go, whoops, how did that happen? I turned my back for five seconds. No, this was part of God's plan because he wanted to produce something, not just in Adam and Eve, but for Adam and Eve, something that Adam and Eve each would benefit from that could only be produced by being separated from God. Because being separated from God taught them and teaches us that we need him. That he alone meets our deep needs, our God-given needs. God-given needs, God meets those God-given needs. It all works. And this is where we see the fir- their first reaction is they you know, have to start from scratch with a soul that they have never lived with, a body that they had never lived with, in a world that they had never existed in where their needs were no longer effortlessly met. They now had to put forth an effort. And we think, for instance, unconditional love. That means we don't have to do anything for it. Well, God's unconditional love is available. It's there. But what do we have to do? We have to receive it. God wants us to receive and appreciate and value. God wants us to to receive unconditionally what he gives unconditionally and just say thanks. And appreciate and value what he's given us. Again, with those two things he gave us, our soul and our body. He wants us to value these gifts. Let me just give you a little illustration. Wherever you live, there's some kind of natural disaster happens, whether it's a storm or tornado or a drought, that upends your normal way of living. Let's say it's a storm, a huge windstorm with hail and wind and rain and trees fall on houses and maybe a fire starts in somebody else's. But it's a a storm that sweeps through an area, community, 
a neighborhood, a state, a whole country. Well, it's one storm, but it causes different effects for each person in its path, and even some that aren't even directly in its path. One house, somebody may be killed, may be drowned. Another, the the tree falls on the house and everybody dies. The next house, a tree falls and nobody's hurt. And there's a mess, and there's, you know, tragedy and miracles, people surviving that shouldn't have, quite a wide variety of reactions to this one single storm. Varies not only from house to house, but also from person to person. And the effects of that storm can be felt immediately, 10 years from then. You know, maybe they'll, it'll take a decade to recover or two decades or their whole lives. They're, they're scarred by what happens at the, from that storm. It's going to be distinct. It's going to be individualized. There's no, we can come up with guidelines and approaches to helping, for instance, people that have gone through a disaster. But everybody has to deal with specific issues. Now, when we look at that situation, it comes down to there are limited options. Objectively, when you look at how are you going to approach recovering from a disaster? The first is be overwhelmed by it. That's not a, an, that unusual. I mean, when tragedy strikes, we very often can't do anything, can't think about how am I going to deal with this. We lose somebody. We lose our family. We lose our possessions, our livelihood, where we become numb. But we don't stay there. Now, some people do. Some people never recover. Some people go on, you know, start, just move away and leave, leave the mess behind and try to start over. What's the best way? Is even if we are traumatized and it's a tragedy and terrible things happen, we look objectively. Where do we go from here? And in a sense, what we look at is Adam and Eve's relationship with God was before the storm. They had everything under control. They had their expectations met. They had all their needs met. And then a storm came through. And they were blown out of the the garden. Their lives were turned upside down. Their children, you know, they'd never had children. They, you know, won't go into that. But they had no need for them. They had no desire for them. They had all their needs met without children. 
but their goal was survival. They had to begin at the beginning, work ground, at the ground up. They had to start from scratch, Adam and Eve and their little family, had to start from scratch. How do we do this on our own? Without, how do we get our God-given needs met without God? And this is where the whole concept of the strength of self, they relied on their soul and their body to provide what God had been providing. So there's pre-storm where everything was under control, expected, reliable, and then post-storm on our own. And we face it in different ways. And we may build on this, but what I, the thought I want to throw out now is for Christians, how do we face the storm, the storm's effects? And, and you may be in the middle of a storm, but whatever your storm is, it's really still the effects of the original storm. Nothing was, no, there will never be a storm as big as, as when Adam and Eve were thrown out of the garden. But your storm, whatever your circumstances are, God crafted them for you. Because how you, how you manage and interact with those circumstances produce the benefits that God wants you to experience. The restoration, the healing, the encouragement, the relationship that God wants you to experience. And, and God often uses, you know, one storm through a whole community. And different people react different way depending on their circumstances. The worst thing we can do, and unfortunately this is, you know, very often we see this in religious circles, is let's not deal with it at all. We've been hit by a storm, and we want to just go move in with Grandma. We want to just leave it all behind and start from scratch somewhere else. Or we want to, we'll just sit wherever we are, twiddle our thumbs, and deal, you know, let somebody else deal with it. And pray that God takes us away to be with him. We delay. We avoid dealing with the storm. When that storm is God's great gift to us. And how we deal with it is our greatest opportunity We've talked about the two-sided coin of our soul, that there's half that God is fully responsible for, and the other half is our gift, that, that we are 
to learn how to use and how to develop and how to value and appreciate. And that we participate in both. God often reveals to us the wounds that he heals, the lies that he shines his truth onto. We don't grab the truth. We don't figure out the truth. He reveals truth. We don't get him to wound, to, to heal us. We don't convince him. We don't deserve. We don't move him to heal us. He already wants to heal you. He already wants to restore your soul, your mind, your will, your emotions. He already wants to and has done all this since Adam and Eve, to restore our soul. Now, before Christ, nobody's soul could be restored. But since Christ, on a single person basis, you, me, each one of us as individuals, our souls can be restored. And God misses the time of restoration, reconciliation, redemption of our soul to our spirit. But we get distracted by the results, the damage of the storm. We get distracted by our wounds, by our misunderstanding, by our need for control by our beliefs. And we respond. Again, we we put it off. We you know, we wait well, we're gonna wait for God to perfect us in the sweet by and by. And I wonder if maybe whatever came before this time here on this earth, we had that same experience there. Well I'm just gonna wait till for whatever comes next. Because I know God will take care of everything, then I won't have to worry about it. And then they, then we end up here. It's like, oh my gosh, if I'd only known. Sort of like learning math. If you don't learn, you know, addition and subtraction, and then you get into algebra and you're lost because you didn't learn the basics in, in that you should have in the, in the early school. Now you're here in later school and. No, it's too late to cut. It's, it's, you have to work twice as hard to catch up. It's the same way as if we can be objective about what our purpose is here, which is to become one spirit, soul, and body. And we then can be objective about our circumstances. And we've talked about how God mainly gets our attention through our health, our finances, and our relationships. And that's, those are broad, sweeping, you know, however you want to apply them to your particular life. But when we can be objective and look at those areas and look for storm damage, what needs to be cleaned up? Now, um, let's say a big tree fell on your house. One of your options is to just let it lay there. Now, maybe it didn't cause, you know, 
tons of damage, but the longer you let it stay there, the more damage it's going to do. And pretty soon, it won't be recoverable. So what's the smart thing to do? Deal with it as soon as possible. How do you do that? All depends. It's your circumstance. Your situation. But fortunately, God knows exactly what your situation is. He knows exactly what your circumstances are. He reminds you, okay, call your insurance or, you know, let your your friends and family know, and they'll come over and help remove that tree and then rebuild your house. Whatever it is, there's a process. But the more we can become objective, another thing that happens, we blame God. You know, or we blame ourselves. You know, what hidden sin do I have in my life that God allowed this to happen? Or we don't think about it at all. Yet we want to remember that every circumstance in our life is crafted with God's two hands, his right hand and his left hand. was crafted to accomplish that oneness that he wants to produce in us. So even the disasters in our lives, the things that cause damage and difficulty and hardship are there to produce in us something that benefits us. God doesn't need any more glory. Everything you're doing right now glorifies him whether you're cursing him or not because we are his glory he's he's already pleased and proud of you we don't need to do anything else we are his crafted children we don't need to earn anything for him or provide anything to him we are we are in the family. We've received the inheritance. We're joint heirs with Christ. We're in spirit with him. Period, end of sentence, close the book. Now what? So we become objective about our circumstances. And we look at our circumstances objectively. And we separate ourselves from what we think we know, what we believe, what we feel, our mistakes, the things we want to just get doing. And we start going, okay, this is part of my temperament. Is I just want to get in there and grab a, you know, an axe or, or a chainsaw and just start whacking at the tree. And somebody else, no, you can't do that. We have to take pictures first. Or, no, if you do that, it's going to make it worse. We all need to get together and lift it. And you go, okay, this is part of my problem, is I want to do everything without anybody's help. And we go, okay, this is, this is an opportunity for me to learn to get my needs met by depending on others. 
And we, when we start looking at every single circumstance as an opportunity that benefits us, doesn't mean it doesn't hurt or we don't shut down. just means that after we're shut down, we turn back on and we get up and we are objective. And by objective, we see clearly. You know, Paul's phrase, we, you know, now we see through a glass darkly. We're not going to stay there. Let's not stay there. Let's not stay looking through a glass darkly, a, a smoked glass, tinted windows. Let's see things clearly. And we start seeing things from God's perspective and, in turn, from our own spirit's perspective. The reality, the truth of our circumstances. And it doesn't mean, you know, uh, you know the, the, the verse, you know, thank God in all things. You know, it's like, well, all things are from God. not that all things even work together for good. They're all good for our good. Again, not that it doesn't hurt. Not that we don't grieve. Not that we don't struggle. But there's an end result. There's a benefit, a reward, if you will. Not a stone in your crown. Not even from God. Not He's not necessarily even going to show, you know, oh, look, look what this person's overcome. Like, no, it's the benefit of your soul becoming free. Free to be reunited with your spirit. So we develop objectively a strategy to learn to live and move and have our being as a spirit being. And we've again, we've talked about those three areas, health, relationships, and finances. And we develop a strategy that looks at each one of those areas. And the three other things we've been talking about briefly, we'll go into these in greater depth. I want to lay a little bit of a foundation about why this is important. And it's important and it's valuable. Don't make it hard. This is not about the harder it is, the greater the reward. No. It's okay to work smart, but work towards something. Don't just hang out until God until you think God's going to take you away. What if whatever comes next was supposed to have been built on what you did here? Now again, God's sovereign, God knew that. So that's not going to be a surprise if that's what happens. But let's look at our t- opportunities here. If you've got chaos in your life, if you've got financial difficulties, if you've got relational difficulties, if you've got health difficulties, great. 
start breaking them down. And not in terms of, okay, praying to God to, for instance, heal you. No, break it down. What caused this? What can you do about it? And as we look at these other approaches, other ways of hearing from God and cooperating with him and uh, stirring up your solical abilities, because we're also in the process of learning how to do miracles, how to heal, how to restore, how to do those things that God gifted you with those abilities to do. But they start with you. It's not solely for other people. We start with ourselves. But the more we cannot be distracted by our wounded soul, our our darkened mind, our scarred emotions, the the, uh, guilt past, mistakes we've made, but instead we can move forward objectively and separate ourselves from being a servant to our soul, and learn to live by our spirit. So we'll be picking it up there. Again, we're going to be talking about waiting and speaking in tongues and fasting. So, again, if you've got any questions, hopefully we've clarified a little bit more about why we're doing this. It's for relationship with God and our soul and our spirit and our body and our soul and our spirit that we would become one, spirit, soul, and body. We will be getting back together again the same time next week. Feel free to drop me a line at any time through diane at therainersclub.org or through Blog Talk Radio. Thanks for tuning in. This has been Diane Thomas of Rainers Radio. Have a great night. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.